You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello and welcome along to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast. Today I'm joined by Richard Hinton, probably best known to many people for his time in the industry at Shoesmiths, uh, Visual Files, Searchflow, currently the director at uh, your own consultancy, Pittsford Consulting. Richard, thank you very much indeed for joining the podcast. My pleasure. Nice to be here. Thank you, David. You've got a new product, a new service that we're going to talk about, uh, and we're going to launch into that in just a second. But I've done a very brief introduction to you. Tell us a little bit about who you are and tell us about sort of the, the experience you've got. It's, it's, it's closer to 30 years, I have to say, David, which is, uh, which is humbling. I started in the industry with Shoesmiths. I spent 12 years as their marketing director, during which time we sort of launched, uh, I think we really effectively launched the concept of direct conveyancing into the market with, with countrywide estate agents. Then I moved to LexisNexis Visual Files, you know, the case management supplier up, up in Leeds, uh, where I looked after the residential property offering. So I spent a lot of time working with uh, the, the large, larger conveyancing firms on the case management front before having a six-year stint with, with Searchflow down in Kent, where I looked after business strategy there. So it, we were more focused on um, what the market was was uh, was likely to be doing in the future. Um, Lender Exchange was my was my baby there. Whilst I was there, I think that's the only that's the only mark I've left on the industry from those days. Many of your listeners will be familiar with that from the, the lender's perspective. But as you say, I I started Pittsburgh Consulting um, ten years ago now, almost ten years ago to the day, uh, and we, we, we're a niche consulting firm, but we're focused on using data to help residential conveyances. We developed two products, the Convincing Map and the Convincing Alerts, um, both of which are based upon data that we take from the land registry under license uh, from the price paid data set to which we append the name uh, and the address of the convincing firm who lodged the AP1. So what it's meant is that for the last 10 years, we've been building a data set from which we're able to tell you which law firm bought which property in England and Wales. So the map allows us to provide that back to users as as business insight. So we're able to talk about a firm's market share, what their competitors are doing and so on and so forth. We painted a a portrait of the the convincing landscape. And the alerts uh, is a collaboration with uh, a firm called 20CI, a leading data business in the estate agency side, who understand when properties are newly listed for sale. So we combine those two data sets with, with the alerts in order to allow us to tell firms when properties we know they last bought for a client have been newly listed for sale. So it's like a, a client retention lead, essentially. And, and that's what we've been uh, we've been doing for the last 10 years, essentially. And the new venture that I mentioned is a, a collaboration with 20CI, imaginatively named 20Convey, Richard, with my tongue <laughs> in my cheek. Well, it, often it's the most obvious uh, obvious solution that's the best. Uh, yes, 20 Convey, yes. So, so what we're doing is we're, we're collaborating much more closely, 20CI and ourselves, Pittsburgh Consulting. Uh, 20CI have a, have a very strong business on the estate agency side, and they are a proper data business, um, very focused on the home moving journey. And we are helping them to come across into the conversing space and to launch um, the, the same rigour and, and intensity of, of, of uh, data analysis for, for conveyances. 
and it'll allow us to uh, increase the scale at which we operate uh, our existing alerts product and our map product. And in the case of the map, we're able to reinvent it also. Um, I think one of the, the key things is that we, we're bringing together two data sets. So uh, where previously we've understood what the conveyancer has done with, with which properties they bought, but 20CI have a wealth of information about properties as they come to market. So we've now got a much richer data set that we can use to uh, form these insight reports that, that can inform um, the business planning of conveyances. And that's a really important point, isn't it? Because to date, there's a lot of fingers in the air. There's a lot of ums and ahs. We, we don't really, as an industry, know a huge amount about ourselves. There's a lot of conjecture in the press at the moment, and today's conveyancer is as guilty of it as anybody, as to what's going to happen in 2023. We're not really very sure. There's a real dearth of data in conveyancing, isn't there? There absolutely is, and 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 I find it very I find it very ironic because lawyers train uh, to eradicate risk and to uh, re- rely on 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 uh, precedence and certainty and 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 insight, and yet uh, as 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 leaders of these businesses, uh, very often they're being able to they're being asked to make uh, business decisions uh, based on conjecture, um, and I and and it would lacking this, that that supporting data so. I find it very unusual that this must be one of the last few industries where it's 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 almost impossible to get data that's relevant to 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 a, a particular firm in a, in a particular geography addressing a particular marketplace um, on which to base decisions. Um, so I, I I look at that and I and I see how the leaders of, of law firms very often hesitate in making decisions because they lack that objective quantitative uh, base on which to base a decision. Uh, and consequently, decisions get deferred very often. But there I say, we still have this issue where the data isn't up to date, is it? We're still looking at information that is uh, six, eight weeks old, because that, that's the timescales that it's being released by government. You're, you're quite right. That is a limitation. Uh, we're looking at, we're, we're not able to tell people what happened yesterday. Um, because the, the the nature of our data coming from the land industry, it requires law firms to have submitted the AP1, uh, and and equally it requires the land industry to uh, process that information in a timely fashion. And there've been some well publicised problems with that over the the last couple of years. So, what we're not trying to help people understand in a in a sense, what what as I say, what's happened yesterday. We do look back over a couple of years at, at the trend analysis, uh, and and that's fascinating. Uh, particularly as you look back over the COVID period to see how firms coped with, with the onset of the restrictions we had in place, and it allows firms to understand their their relative position, who who is waxing and who's waning in a particular geography. Um, it allows them to look at a particular, if if they're thinking about opening a new office or, or a new marketing campaign, you know, is town A better than town B? What's the competition like? You know, what the, what's the estate agency market look like in that space? There's a there's a whole raft of, of data that we're able to talk to firms about that, that inform those decisions. So having spent some time crunching a lot of this data, what sort of trends are you seeing in conveyancing? The pandemic has created a whole load of new trends that may or may not continue, of course, but what are we seeing happening in conveyancing over the last four or five years? Well, we're certainly seeing a consolidation in the number of firms taking part in conveyancing and a rationalisation as well. So, so the number of large firms is getting larger. 
uh, and the number of small firms is contracting. Overall, we're seeing firms exit the uh, the marketplace. Paradoxically, the, the, the COVID years produced a bit of a, a bump in that analysis because uh, suddenly we found firms coming into the market who were doing conveyancing simply because the, you know, the, the demand was so strong. PI firms and firms who wouldn't otherwise be doing conveyancing who started to do, dabble. And so, so there's been a small uptick in the number of firms actually doing conveyancing in, in 2021. But generally, I think the trend will will, will still be the case. It'll still be the case that the number of firms is contracting, and we're, we're becoming more specialised in terms of the the, the operators that, uh, that that control the market. And of course, there's this huge discussion about the length of time that it takes to transact property. Is there any indicator that suggests that that might come down over the course of the next 12, 18 months? Give me some good news. Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure that I can. We we measure the uh, the length of time it takes a firm to submit the AP1 after completion, and the national average for that is about 20 days, uh, which is good news. Uh, it went up to about 22, 23 days in 2021 because of the hiatus around COVID, um, but I think that'll 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 settle back. I mean, w- one of the benefits of our 20 to convey operation is that we can now uh, track a, a transaction back prior to completion. So we can look at how long it took the, the actual transaction to complete from the point at which it was sold uh, by the estate agent. So, so those numbers are um, emerging now and are, are going to be quite interesting. I, th- I think it will contract back away from where it was at the hiatus around the pandemic in 2021. But I mean, there, there are problems in the conveyancing industry, which you're familiar with, David, the, the complexity, the, you know, the, the risk that's now borne by by conveyances, the onerous requirements of lenders and so on and so forth. All of those are driving us just one direction, which is to take longer. That wasn't good news. <laughs> I mean, you can counter that with the upfront information piece. So so I think, you know, I think there's some great work being done in that space. And the alerts help us help in that respect as well, because, you know, we, we, we're telling law firms at the point at which their former clients are, are newly listing their properties for sale. So, so those firms are getting in touch with their former clients and saying, look, we've got your purchase file. You know, we, we, you know, we understand the property. We would be delighted to act for you in your sale. You know, uh, if um, let, let's get ahead of the game so that when a buyer does arrive, we're on the front foot. So I think I think I counter my pessimism by reflecting on the, you know, the potential advances that we might make with the upfront information campaign, which I think is a great thing. You've touched on data as a, a useful way to provide insight into how you might run your business. You've really just alluded to the fact that this could be used as a marketing tool for conveyances. That's going to be important over the next 12, 18, 24 months as the market contracts, normalizes, recalibrates, whatever you want to describe it as. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I think we, we've we've had a, a fallow time with the alerts over the last couple of years because 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 conveyances have just been um, inundated with work, as you know. But all of a sudden, the sort of the cold wind of overcapacity is blowing through firms now, and um, there is an interest, a renewed interest in in acquiring new 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 client business. So, in terms of marketing your business, um, the the opportunity is, as I say, to to re-engage with your former clients with the alerts. Uh, but there are sales messages in the uh, our insight reports as well that the, uh, the twenty conveyor offerings. So being able to explain to agents that you uh, typically have the fastest turnaround, for example, um, is is a powerful sales message. Similarly, if you can demonstrate that you have a niche in a particular property value, 
type, type of segment, or a you know your particularly strong with leasehold, for example. You know, there's there's empirical evidence in in the twenty convey reports which support marketing messages for law firms as they project themselves uh, to, to to potential introducers. And that continues to be a challenge for firms, doesn't it? How do you differentiate your your offering? I I remember. And I used to work in searches, as as we've talked about a number of times. I remember walking down one of the uh, cobbled alleys of Chester, and I walked past four or five different law firms before I got to the firm that I was due to see. And outwardly, there's very little differentiation. They may have the Lexel logo in the window, or or perhaps the CQS logo in the window. But to the man on the street, they, they don't understand what that means for a firm and why it would differentiate them. Yeah, and, and I think that that's a perennial problem for, for conveyances. I think the, the objectively the data will allow you uh, that one of those law firms to be able to say to you, well, you know, we we've done more conveyancing cases in Chester than any other firm, for example. At, at the price value point you're talking about, that we've, we've we've done more cases than anyone else. So so you can demonstrate a track record on a micro level, which is powerful. I mean, as an aside, I, I mean. I, we 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 work closely with Trustpilot. I, I think the idea of client reviews is is, is extraordinarily powerful uh, in in the conveyancing space. I mean, it's not something that uh, as Twenty Convey we're engaged with at the moment, but I would encourage any firm to to embrace that concept. The industry is per- is perfect for the client review space. You know, it's an intangible product that uh, that no one ha- really understands. So uh, relying on the uh, the testimony of of uh, people who've been before uh, in, in, in the client journey is, is really strong. I think the firms who have switched on to using client reviews, I think uh, will, all other things being equal, will succeed. Where in terms of uh, data protection law do the alerts sit? Because effectively you're getting personal data uh, and being able to either resell that or, or pass that on in some way. Yeah, well, um, it's not personal data. Uh, in in as much as with the, we supply the law firms with the detail of the transaction, so so we don't have the the, the names of the, of the clients or the or the owners of the properties. So, um, you know, law firms have to go back to their purchase file in in order to identify the, the individual. So, um, so so that's a, a strong point. First, secondly, all of our clients rely on legitimate interest as the basis for processing the information that they have. They don't require an explicit permission from their um, former clients, which again is, is important. I mean, the, the, the former client has has publicly stated that they that they require the service because they put their property on the market. So that's how we know about them. Um, and it, it's it's fair and reasonable to expect that someone who's provided that service to them previously was is in a position to make them an offer that's to their advantage. So we, um, touch wood, haven't had any problem at all with uh, on that front so far. We've talked before we started recording the podcast about there's a a bit of an issue with the regulators view on this as well in that uh, the SRA and the CLC seem to differ in terms of their attitude toward this. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's not not the alerts per se. Uh, that's fine. That, that works with both SRA firms and CLC firms because the SRA have a have a, a an exemption to their publicity code, which uh, allows firms to contact former clients. What we also do is we mail properties that are on on the market. So in the same way, many, many of listeners will probably be, be familiar with, you know, a state agency dropping sort of little um, A5 cards through the through the post saying, if you're thinking of selling, we'd be delighted to act. Um, we we do that for CLC firms, 
um, who are able because we're able to identify which properties are on the market. So when a property comes to the market, we're able to, in, in, a, in a postcode or an area, we can we can send those targeted messages to those um, homeowners, dear homeowner. Um, the SRA sadly won't allow us to do that. They object to that direct marketing. So so what a, what an SRA regulated firm can do is they could they could send um, uh, a mail shot to every house in Northampton where I am. Uh, should they want to, and that's fine. But they 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 are specifically precluded from sending a mail shot just to those houses in Northampton that are on the market, which I find bizarre. But um, but that that's the position, that, and it does give CLC firms an, uh, an unfair advantage in the market. We've touched on some of the uses for the data. We've identified that we can use it in management information and and managing our firms. We've talked about the use of the data in some of our marketing functions. These insight reports, how, how do you kind of recommend that firms adopt them, use them most effectively? There's a broad range of, of uh, applications for the data. And, and I, I think firms who, who, who uh, do use it, you know, tend to find that, they, that pretty much every decision, uh, there's, there's, there's a role for the data in, in, um, in helping them come to the correct decision. But uh, firms can use it to measure their own performance of their teams. So, so there are KPIs that, that you that you can deduce from from the data, which allow you to uh, understand how your team is performing. So, so that there's an internal management piece here as well, um, and it's not just performance, but it allows firms to set uh, objectives. So, uh, lots of firms will measure the number of cases that they've got in their convincing teams, but an ability to measure their market share, for example, over time is more powerful. You know, if the market's up, the market's up and everyone's doing more work or, or vice versa. But if you can show that your market share uh, is growing relative to your competitors, then I think that's a that's a very strong indicator for, for a firm. And also internally, I mean, firms do use it to, to help uh, set budgets. You know, so a convincing team or, or, or department that's, um, that's pitching for budget in a, a full service firm can use the data just to, to justify what their business plans for them. Um, in touch on the marketing side, you know, firms looking at marketing campaigns can decide where to target that um, those efforts geographically. Um, they can and they can also glean marketing messages from it as well. You know, so you know, relative performance of their firm compared to the the competition as well. And it also allows firms to keep track of their competitors. So um, plenty of firms will 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 have an idea who their competitors are. Some are surprised when they find that their biggest competitors are, are not local to them. You know, because the, some of the big uh, national firms sitting outside of their geography. Again, it's it's powerful to understand how how those form, firms are performing uh, on on a on a month to month basis. You know, who's waxing, who's waning, where, and where the opportunities and the threats are presenting themselves. So, so really long-winded answer but you know any strategic or tactical decision that a, that, a, that, a, that a leadership team is, is is confronted with could or should be uh, influenced by this data so with all of this at your fingertips going through your algorithms what does 2023 what does 2024 hold for conveyancing Richard go on let's see if we can get it right well, I, I I hesitate to offer um, uh, projections. Uh, you'll know, David, that you can you can you can read you know, diametrically opposite views in consecutive articles about how the market's going to go. I mean, my sense is always that it's 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 never as good and it's never as bad as people think. So clearly, I I think the market ran very hot 
2021. Um, every, everyone's aware of that and not many people can explain why. All, all, all the indicators which normally close the market were flashing red and, um, and yet, yet the market still went. So I think that's testimony to just how um, a, a dramatic impact of, of, the, of the COVID regulations and had had on the industry. But looking forward, I think we're, we're, we're there must be a correction, but I, do, I don't think it's going to be a massive one. We're already seeing interest rates um, stabilising. Um, I think you know unemployment figures are still um, low. Uh, so I think whilst the economy might be hurting, I think there's still the, the home owning and home moving fraternity are, are going to go about their business, frankly. Um, it probably is at a slightly reduced rate. Um, it'll probably be I would imagine it'd be slower at the start of the year and it'll speed up towards the end of the year. But I think I think we'll have a uh, an OK year, is my view. I'm trying to cheer you up. As you say, I mean, you, you can make all these predictions. Nobody's really quite sure what the lie of the land will end up looking like. It almost feels as though getting data into the conveyancing industry has been a long time coming. And it's obviously been a bit of a labour of love for you as well. 20 Convey sounds really interesting. Personally, I wish you all the very best with it, Richard. But uh, that's our time up for the podcast. Thank you very much indeed for joining. Thank you, David. Been very enjoyable. The Today's Conveyancer podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider. It's also available on todaysconveyancer.co.uk. My thanks to Richard. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again soon. You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.